Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Finding someone who shares your values in today's culture isn't easy, and being single around the holidays isn't easy either. That's why Catholic Singles created a website and app where single Catholics can meet and get to know each other that focuses on values, activities, and interests. For over two decades, Catholic Singles has been fostering deep relationships because your faith matters. Start today at catholicsingles.com. That's catholicsingles.com. Ignatius Press is pleased to announce the first national book club created for Catholic schools. Ignatius Book Club for Catholic Schools was launched to support Catholic schools' dedication to forming the whole child, mind, body, and spirit. Ignatius Book Club for Schools partnered with leading publishers of children's literature to offer the best books and educational materials for all reading levels and interests. Head to ignatiusbookclub.com podcast and find wholesome books that delight, inspire, and enrich. Howdy, everybody. This is John Michael. You know, do you ever feel like that Christmas is just so busy that you lose the spiritual focus of the celebration? We're going to be looking at that. All things are possible with God. Well, howdy, everybody. This is John Michael Talbot. You know, Christmas can be such a wonderful spiritual time, but so often in today's world, you know, it gets hectic. It gets crazy. The roads are jammed. Man, oh, man, I test my Christianity just driving to the store to get somebody a little gift. And then you get there, and everybody's pushing and shoving, and they're hurry, and they're angry, and they're not very like Christ. And man, by the time I get to Christmas, I have to go to confession. (laughs) So we want to focus on really the spirituality of the Christmas celebration. You know, you hear a lot today, put Christ back into Christmas. But I got to tell you that as a Catholic Christian, I go, no, let's put Christ back into Christmas. Let's also put the Mass back into Christmas because it is indeed the Christ Mass. The Christ Mass. So let's take a look at some of these things here today. So we want to put Christ and the Mass back into Christmas. Well, the first thing, of course, is we are really going to be celebrating the Christ the Christus. But I don't know about you guys, the word Christus means the anointed one, the anointing, the anointing of the Spirit, and we Christians are like Christ. And, and sometimes, you know, we Catholic charismatics, we think we're anointed by the Spirit, but we're only excited. <laughs> And sometimes you run into that with Christianity. You find these all really enthusiastic, exciting people. You know, their theology's right. They have joyful praise sessions. But boy, you go out in the parking lot and you run into some kind of unchristian behavior. Yeah? I've seen people giving each other universal signs in the parking lot, and it ain't this. <laughs> so, 
you know, we really, just being excited ain't enough. We have to really discover what it is to be like Jesus. So let's begin at the beginning with, Mar- or with Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place this way. When his mother had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. So we want to not only be excited, anointed, we want to be like Jesus. Christmas takes us right back to that still point, that quiet center in the midst of a crazy, chaotic, often hectic world. Wow. That God would become not only human, but that he would become a baby. That God, who is the creator of all, would become a baby, vulnerable, needy, delicate, needing mom, Mary, for nourishment, for love, for affirmation. You know, in the incarnation, the Word becomes flesh. The Word becomes flesh. And there's great paradoxes right there that God would become man so that mankind and humanity could share in the divine gift. He takes on our human nature so that we can become sharers in the divine nature. This is called theosis. Pope Francis said in The Joy of the Gospel, he says to become human, you have to become more than human. These things sound like contradictions, but they're paradoxes. In the incarnation, Jesus is the paradox. Humanity and divinity come together in one hypostasis, in one hypostatic union, in one person. The early church debated about this stuff for, golly, five, six centuries. There were still Christological debates going on. You know, we can think of Nestorius, who wanted to call Mary the Christotokos. No, uh, Cyril of Alexandria, St. Cyril of Alexandria, wanted to call her the Theotokos. And they had a debate because Nestorius wanted to say there's a divine and a human prosopon, that's another Greek word for person, in Jesus, two faces. But Cyril goes, you know, there's a problem with this because we could really degenerate into thinking that there are actually two people, two persons, in Jesus. So he said, let's call Jesus the one hypostasis, the hypostatic union of divinity and humanity. Jesus is the paradox of paradoxes. All the other great teachers of the world point to the way, the truth, the life. Jesus simply is the way the truth, and the life. And in Christmas, in the Incarnation, we are stunned in this paradox. The greatest proclamation in silence, the greatest strength in childlike vulnerability, all this in Christmas. Wow. So be like Jesus. Well, we also want to be anointed. Anointed, the word 
Christos means the anointed one. The anointing is, is uh, the, the word in the Greek means that the oil of the Spirit is actually being repeatedly, deeply rubbed in. So the anointing isn't bang just once and for all. No, it's constant. And the, it, we're being rubbed, massaged. That anointing is coming in deep, 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 deep. Same thing with Jesus. Jesus is the Christ, the one where the Spirit is going deep through this constant loving massaging of God the Father where the Spirit is anointing Jesus. And listen what he says, what it's really like. The Spirit of the Lord, this is from Luke 4, 18 and 19. He gets it from Isaiah the prophet. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. See, it's not enough just to be excited. We want to be enthusiastic in theos, you bet. But it changes us. Glad tidings to the poor, setting captives free, giving sight to the blind. See, Jesus is the... Do you ever feel so poor that you don't have what it takes? He comes to proclaim good news to us. Do you ever feel like you're captivated by sin, by darkness, by negativity? He comes to set us free. Do you ever feel like you're blind, that you can't see? I can't find my way. I'm lost. Jesus, recovery of sight to us. This is what it is to be the Christ. And you and I are called Christians. Christianus in Greek. It means in the company of Christ or like Christ. The word is first used in Antioch, Acts chapter 11, verse 26. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught the large company of, a large company of people. And in Antioch, the disciples were for the first time called Christians. Christians. And we hear King Agrippa say to Paul, in a short time, you think... You're going to make me into a Christian? That's Acts 26, 28, and 1 Peter 4, 16. Yet if one suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but under that name, let him glorify God. You and I are to be Christians like Christ. In Christmas, we ask ourselves the question, are we anointed like Jesus? Are we becoming not just, you know, enthusiastic uh, religious practitioners? That can happen in any religion. But are we becoming more like Jesus? In Christmas, we focus on the paradox that God would become a little baby so that we might maybe for the first time in our life know the wisdom of God. So be still this Christmas. 
Get out of the rat race. Come home. Turn on the lights. Look at the manger and be still. As a family, pray. And let's find the Christ in Christmas again. I'll see you back here in a little bit. All things are possible with God. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Father forever, the Prince of Peace, you are. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Father forever, the Prince of Peace, you are. Unto us a child is given, Unto us a son is born. Wonderful Counselor, mighty God, Father forever, the Prince of Peace, you are. see you all back here. You know, in the first part, we talked about putting Christ back into Christmas. But here in the second part, I want to talk a little bit about putting the Mass back into Christmas, because Christmas is the Christ Mass, the Christ Mass. You know, a lot of times, only 17% of Catholics in America are coming to church anymore. Only 15% of Catholic kids coming to church. 30 million non-practicing Catholics. You go to the big megachurch down the street, most of them are non-practicing Catholics. Why do they go? I don't think they go because they disagree with our doctrine or because they want to get away from the sacraments. I think most folks miss the sacraments. And I think most folks eventually miss balanced teaching, good balanced teaching, and they get some weird stuff. So why do they go? They go because they find an engaged spirituality. Pope Francis has called us to an engaged encounter with Jesus Christ. And that happens at every Mass. The word Mass comes from the Latin Misa, means exit, and it was first used of the catechumens when it got to a certain part of the Mass before the Liturgy of the Eucharist, where they exited. (laughs) So think of it, my goodness gracious, you come into church, the first thing we tell you is, get out! (laughs) 
<laughs> no, misa means to exit. In the Eastern churches, they call it simply the divine liturgy. The word liturgy comes from the Greek leitergia. Say that with me, leitergia. It means the work of the people, the work of the people. So it was used in, in Greek pagan religion for the people's parts. It also applied to road builders, bridge builders. It applied to folks like that. You know, maybe, hey, maybe even politicians are liturgists. <laughs> Whoa, help us, Lord. Anyway, so around the 5th century, St. Benedict of Nursia, he said that the liturgy of the hours, which is the, the, the office of praying the Psalter throughout the day, he called it the work of God. So liturgy is where the work of the people and the work of God come together. See, good liturgy is not just about <laughs> learning how to say consubstantial. <laughs> good liturgy is about understanding this incarnation, this continuing incarnation. Wow. That heaven and earth are meeting in every word and every gesture. Hey, you know the difference, though, between a terrorist and a liturgist? You can negotiate with a terrorist. Yeah, sometimes liturgists, they make liturgy into a little God, and we miss God by focusing and obsessing on the gifts of God. It's like getting your head in the map while you're traveling, and you got your head so engrossed in looking at the map, you miss the turnoff. So sometimes we miss God by misusing the good gifts of God in a bad way. So we want to do liturgy rightly. Well, there's a few things to get engaged. First thing you got to do in liturgy is sing. St. <laughs> Augustine says, those who sing, pray twice. Say that with me. Those who sing, pray twice. Yeah, baby. You know, so breathe in some air, push it out through the voice box and sing. Our young people are going to non-Catholic churches because of the music. Because they sing and they worship and, 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 and it's enthusiastic. It's an entheos. We Catholics kind of go in and mumble through our mass. And then we wonder why nobody wants to come and join us. Pope Francis says, you look like mummies in a museum. <laughs> Rediscover the joy of the gospel and you come alive again. You become human again. So start singing. If you want to reach your young people, folks, sing. And then we hear the Word of God proclaimed. We hear so much Scripture in the average Mass. You know, through the daily cycle, we hear the New Testament, big chunk of the Old Testament. Same thing in the three-year Sunday cycle. We hear the whole of the New Testament, all the Gospels. And so Scripture is so important. St. Jerome says, ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. Say that with me. Ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. Guess what? You know, we Catholics, we can't even find the scripture. It's up on the shelf somewhere. It's collecting dust. Pope Francis recently said, you know, the gospel is no good if it's covered with dust. You've got to pull it out and read it. So we are to be... And guess what? The Bible came forth from the church. Catholics, it's our book. <laughs> it's our book. So start using it. Start reading and be attentive when the Word of God is proclaimed at every Mass. And that liturgy of the Word doesn't stop 
just with the proclamation of the Scriptures. That liturgy of the Word continues in the homily. Yeah, far too often. Well, the homily starts, and what do we do? We take our watches, and we go, boop. And we start timing the homilist. And we're standing there. Eight minutes. Nine minutes. Nine and a half minutes. And then we do this. <laughs> to the poor homilist. <laughs> see, what you have to understand, they can see everything. It's so discouraging to be trained to preach and then to come out and to come face to face with us. <laughs> with us. See, preaching is like landing a plane at the airport. You come in for a landing and you look out on the face of the congregants and say, what do you see? Fog. Deep fog. So what do you do? You pull it up and you go around and you try it again. A preacher will try to make their point three times before moving on to the next point. So here's a little trick, folks, little tip. Bill O'Reilly has his tip of the day. This is my tip of the day. If you want shorter homilies, participate in the homily by giving your homilist affirmation. Look at him and smile. Get the fog off your face. Open your ears. Open your heart. If you never hear Jesus speaking to you in a homily, you ain't listening. I don't care how bad the preacher is. Jesus always has a word for us. So smile at him. Affirm him. And even give him an occasional amen. But not too loud, not too often. They're Catholic and you might scare them. (laughs) Well, then we move on to the real point of the Eucharist. See, here's the deal. We got to have better singing. We got to have better preaching, more attention to, to what the liturgy is about. Yeah, absolutely. And, and sometimes liturgy is so bad, I have to look down at my little feet and I look down and I go, feet don't walk out. Jesus is showing up any minute. <laughs> See, as a musician, bad music is physically painful for me. And I got to tell you, as a public speaker, when I hear bad homilies, I'm out there going, oh, come on, guys, you can say it. Come on, come on, you can reach the, come on. (laughs) So sometimes it's awful. But even if the preaching is boring and the music is awful, Jesus always shows up. Yeah, in St. Ignatius of Antioch, he was preaching that at every Mass, The incarnation, see, back to Christmas, this incarnation is sacramentally extended and repeated. At every Mass, Jesus shows up personally for each one of us, personally. He comes from heaven to this Mass to be sacramentally, fully, present for each one of us. And folks, it is personal. It is intimate. It is life-changing. That birth in a manger happens on the altar at every Mass. So, let's make sure 
that as we enter into Christmas this year, that the Mass is an important part of our celebration. And not just going. Oh, go. It's not a bad thing to do. Oh, no, folks. Be stunned that Jesus has shown up here today. For me, it is personal. It is intimate. It is powerful. It's life-changing. So this Christmas, I beg you, let's bring Christ back to Christmas. And let's bring the Mass back to Christmas. Take some time, folks. Be still. Know that He is God. Get out of the rat race. Make Jesus the center of this celebration. Take a moment. Jesus, center me, still me, focus me. He'll do it. All things are possible with God. Unto us a child is born, a son is given. Come, Holy Spirit, from Father to child. The Virgin Mary shall be his mother, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. Sing Alleluia to the one. Save all of the weak and tender-hearted, and the meek forever shall dwell in their land. Sing Alleluia to the wonderful Counselor. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at caneford.com Woodhill Community Center have a hand in the heart of the city support their mission with your donations at woodhillcommunitycenter.org Toyota in Nicholasville Superstore online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota visit toyotaonnicholasville.com Lexus of Lexington home of the best selling Lexus IS find yours today at LexusOfLexington.com.